I remember the first Christmas that I was married to Christine, or I was dating Christine at the time, as she was trying to woo me and to uh, convince her to marry her. We went to her family's Christmas. They got together on Christmas Eve. And I remember that we had to rush there. They actually moved the Christmas Eve time because we have our Christmas Eve service. And they moved it, and they moved it, and we knew we were still going to be a few minutes late. And so we showed up, and everybody was gathered, and the family was all talking, and her uncle starts talking to me. And he's obviously irritated because the world revolved around him that he thought Christmas Eve should not have been moved due to us being new to the family. And uh, he was irritated, obviously. I come to find out later he's just irritated about everything. He's that guy in life. But um, he looked at me and said, uh, we don't do Christmas Eve services. And I said, no, you don't. And I wanted to say I didn't really freaking ask, but I was trying to make a good impression. And I said, oh, really? Why is that? And he said, Christmas is about family. And I don't know why it just flew all over me. And don't get me wrong, I understand Christmas is about family, but I was thinking, no, Christmas is about Jesus. And I wanted to argue with the guy, but I didn't, because again, that was the first year. Had that been this year, I'd have probably let him know what I thought about it. Had it been the second year, I probably would have let him know what I thought about him, but I smiled and I said, oh, that's great. But it's funny, I'm very rarely around that individual anymore, but every time I'm around him, I think about that. And for years now, we've been together 10 years now, for years that bothered me. And then lo and behold, I'm studying for Christmas Eve this year, and the way I study is I read Scripture, and I just kind of do what I call a mind dump. I don't think about anything. I just start writing down thoughts, and after I've written down my thoughts, I go back and look at those thoughts. And as I was looking at those thoughts, I wrote down this thought, and it kind of irritated me even more. I wrote down, Christmas is more about family than you realize. Christmas is more about family than you realize. While it irritated me that that person wrote that, or that person told me that, that uncle told me that, the reality is Christmas is so much about family. Tomorrow, all over the country, families will gather, and there'll always be, you know, that one crazy relative who shows up. You know, it took him six years to get in four years of high school. You know, it's that one uncle, they have a conspiracy theory on everything. They don't believe we landed on the moon. They know kind of what an inside of a Mexican prison looks like. They make everybody uncomfortable, but they're always there. And you smile and you accept them because, man, Christmas is about family, even if they're the misfits of the family, right? It's funny, preachers all over tonight are doing the Christmas Eve service and they're starting with Matthew 1.18. And man, Matthew 1.18, and we're going to read that here in a few minutes. But really, before Matthew 1.18 is where the Christmas story starts. Matthew 1.18 is talking about Mary and she's a virgin and it's talking about Joseph and how Joseph was going to leave her and he decides not to leave her. And before you get to verse 18, you almost miss the awesomeness of Christmas, because it gives the lineage of Jesus. So-and-so begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so. And it's one of those things you almost skip over until you realize, as you're looking at the family tree of Jesus, 
that it really is an island of misfit toys. There's liars in the family tree. There's cheaters in the family tree. There's prostitutes in the family tree. There's adulterers in the family tree. There's murderers in the family tree. I mean, any kind of bad reputation you can think of is in the family tree of Jesus. And really, that's the just of Christmas. A perfect Savior came for imperfect people. He came and lived a life that we couldn't live to pay a sin debt that he didn't know because we couldn't pay it. I mean, it's shocking. You might expect, and the church would have you believe, that the Savior came and maybe he came from a little better family tree. Maybe he didn't have one of those picking county family trees that branched every which way. But he didn't. I mean, think about it. Judah is in that family tree. She deceived her father-in-law into a one-night stand. Rahab was a prostitute. King David had an affair and then killed the man's husband to cover up. And all of those people are in the lineage of Jesus. And you're in luck tonight if this is your first time here because I'm losing my voice. So I ran back there right before the song and said, cut all the points out. I want to focus on one point because my voice isn't going to hold up. But before we get to that, I do want to read after that. This is the Bible. You've got to read the Christmas. It says in Matthew 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Somebody say amen. And he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. A perfect Savior, born in imperfect conditions for imperfect people, raised in a lineage of messed up people. And here's what I want you to know today. I had all these points, but I just want you to know this. As you look at the family tree of Jesus, the knots in Jesus' family tree show us that there's room for everyone in God's family, no matter what you've done. And so if you leave here today and you decide, man, I'm never coming back to that crazy church in the ghetto of Canton, Georgia, here's what I want you to know. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. God does not make mistakes. 
God does not have messed ups. You might not understand what's going on in your life. You might not understand your circumstances. You might not be experiencing the type Christmas you thought you would experience this year. But I want you to know today that God came. He was born in a manger for you. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't mess up. He created you. He shaped you. He formed you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He has a vision for your life. He has a calling for your life. Even when you can't see it, God sees it and he sent his son because he loves you so much. You say, Gary, you don't know what I'm going through. Let me make this as clear as possible. I'm about the most uncompassionate pastor you'll ever meet. I don't care what you're going through. But he does. I always get a kick when we open the shelter. We opened the shelter two days ago, and everyone finds out I'm the pastor, and they start telling me their God stories. Because every person that needs a hand, no one needs a hand out. They need a hand up. But everyone needs a hand up, thinks they're going to get in better if they tell me their God story. And the first time I cuss them out, they find out real quick, I just love them right where they're at. Why? Because God loved me right where I'm at. I'm 46 years old, 13 years ago, but by the grace of God, I'd have been staying in that shelter. I was living in my Jeep Cherokee and a family let me move in their basement. You think we're better than them? God loves them, and God loves us. And the funny thing is, just because we look a little different, might have a roof over our head, and because our car cranks, or we go to a job on Monday morning, we all got our same baggage. And yet, God loves us. He came from a lineage of messed up people. He came from a long line of sinners, to quote the theologian Eric Church. And this Christmas, I just want to remind you that God loves you. And as you get up tomorrow and you open up presents and you celebrate Christmas, I just want you to take some time out and thank God that he loves you, don't miss this, right where you are. He doesn't love you if you do X, Y, Z. He doesn't love you if you do A, B, C. He doesn't love you if you stand on one toe and can recite whatever. He loves you right where you are, and he's waiting to have a relationship with you. And the greatest thing you can do today is put your faith and put your trust in Jesus Christ because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Here's the reality. One day, you're going to take your last breath on this earth. I don't know when it be. I hope it is a long, long time from now. But when you do, you will stand before God, and he will not care where you went to church. That's good news for all you action church people. Because if he was based on church membership, we'd be screwed. He's not going to care how much money you gave. And I believe that we ought to give back to God because God has given to us. He's not going to care how much you serve. He's not going to care if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. He's going to care that you have a personal relationship with him. Did you enter into a relationship and trust in what he did on the cross for us? That's the story of Christmas. God so loved the world that he gave the greatest present that ever existed. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, I would encourage you to do that. 
We're not going to give some altar call. It's not a one, two, three, pray with me. It's just calling out to God and saying, God, I believe in you. I put my trust in you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, and I put my faith and my trust in what you did. If you have any questions about that, you can find me after the service, and I'd be glad to talk to you about it. But we came here tonight to celebrate. And I want you to know there's a lot of people walking through these doors tonight, and the holiday season has beat you down. And you're beat up. You're broke, busted, and disgusted, man. Your hurts, habits, and hang-ups are kicking your tail. I promised my wife I wouldn't cuss on Christmas Eve. Kicking your tail. I cussed in the shelter all day anyway. Can't cuss in here. God loves you. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Merry Christmas. I'm going to pray, and then we are going to read the great thing. And then we're going to do candlelight service the way we do it at Action Church. If you don't have a glow stick, raise your hand, and Faye's going to bring you around a glow stick. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. We don't do candlelight around here because we do tailgating, and we're afraid you'll burn down the building. So we do glow stick. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you love us so much, God. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, you are in the middle of doing something powerful here. Why churches all over the country are declining in attendance, you keep sending new people here. Lord, I thank you for letting my voice hold up today. Lord, we thank you for this church and their heart for this community. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, why don't you stand up for me? I got to read I got to read it. I got to. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over flock, their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, and this is great news for us, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel of multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, the east, on earth peace among them whom he is pleased.